Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can also find us over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 158 of Sorta Awesome. And thank you, Awesomes, so much for continuing on with us through this year of the awesome. You know, we are not just about saying that we are awesomes. We are about really becoming awesome people in the world around us as we focus on becoming smarter and stronger and more social. And something that we share with you every single week to help you in your journey to be more awesome is the Sorta Awesome newsletter. Every week, you can look for it to fill you in on all of the latest episode news, any other show information, links that will inspire you to be smarter and stronger and more social. And because, you know, I love those GIFs, I include a GIF party or a gift party. Your mileage may vary (laughs) in every edition, too. So anyway, to make sure that you are signed up for the newsletter, it's super easy. All you have to do is go over to SortaAwesomeShow.com slash newsletter. And easy peasy, you will be all signed up. Again, you can do that over at sortaawesomeshow.com slash newsletter. All right, awesomes, episode 158. We have been having so much fun with all kinds of different episodes this summer. And I am so excited about today's episode because, first of all, it's one of my favorite things to do is just sit around and talk about favorites. And today I happen to have two of my very favorite people in the world joining me. I have both of our sort of awesome regular co-hosts here, Rebecca Hoffer. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. Hi, awesomes. And a voice you you guys haven't heard from for a while, <laughs> someone who's been having a fantastic summer, I think, I hope, looks like it on social media anyway, Kelly Gordon. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hey, Meg. Hey, Awesomes. It has. It's been a moment. <laughs> I, you guys got me in. I'm out of the pool. I, I have not I showered. I have not put on makeup. I'm in full summer mode here, but I'm so happy to be back and to be talking to you too. I know. You guys, Kelly's all tan and she does look like she literally just wandered off of the pool and is like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> so although we will say, just because we're honest here on Sort of Awesome, that as I was hooking up my equipment here, I totally forgot that I needed headphones to actually hear things. <laughs> so it was like, oh, that's that's right. That's how we do this. Now that's I understand. Right. Yes, it'll all come back to you. I promise. Okay, so today we are talking favorites. We have compiled a list of 10 things that are our favorites from our childhood all the way through to current. We cannot wait to share some of these favorites with you guys. And also later in our sort of awesome hangout community, I cannot wait to hear favorites from your lives as well. But first, before we do that, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week, that moment in the show where we stop and take a minute to tell you all about the books or the movies, the TV shows, podcasts, products, whatever it is in life that is making life a little bit more awesome for us. And so, Rebecca, let's start with you. What do you have for Awesome of the Week this week? Well, I have something really special this time around. It is the Sleeping at Last podcast that was created by the singer, songwriter, producer, and composer Ryan O'Neill. In each episode, he breaks down the meaning and intricacies of his original music, just one song at a time. Now, this is not normally the type of podcast that I would listen to, but the reason why I'm recommending this podcast to the Awesomes is because he is doing a series based on the Enneagram. 
Now, we've talked many a times about the Enneagram and that type of personality system. And he is writing a psalm based on and dedicated to each number in the Enneagram. He just released six, which is my type. And so I was super excited to listen to that psalm. Let's play a clip. His music is beautiful, but it is the thought that goes into every detail of the psalm that really is amazing. Now, let's break down what the podcast episodes are like. So in each episode, he plays the psalm. Then he breaks down the Enneagram type with his help of his friend, Chris Hertz, which is the author of the book, The Sacred Enneagram. Then he highlights the musicians who contributed to the psalm, many of whom who identify as that type. He also reveals all the thumbprints that are in the psalm. Now, the thumbprints are these small sound bites that he has had submitted by friends and family who identify as that type. So, what in the, the heck? That's amazing. It, I'm telling you, <laughs> there no is idea. so Seriously. much thought that go into these psalms. So in six, many of the sounds were representing the six's need and desire to let go. So some of those thumbprint sounds were children laughing the sound of scaffolding coming down, and a blanket rustling that brings comfort. Chris then comes back to talk more about what it's like to love somebody who is that type, and he gives practical encouragement to people who identify as that type. And then the podcast ends with Ryan playing the psalm once more for you to listen to in a new, powerful Mm -hmm. way now that you know all that goes into it. I have to tell you that listening to this podcast about my own type and my husband's type truly has been a very enlightening experience. Again, the podcast is called The Sleeping at Last Podcast, and he currently has released numbers one through six of the Enneagram series. Oh my gosh. Well, I know what I'll be binge listening to next for sure. I have loved Sleeping at Last, his music for years. His song, January White, is one of my perennial favorites. Um, I have heard that he was doing this Enneagram project, but I had not really taken a moment to dive into it. But oh my gosh, Rebecca, this is amazing. It is really, really good. Now, I had never even heard of this guy before, but his his stuff is amazing. <laughs> Where have I been? Yeah. Is it like super popular and I'm the last one to know? <laughs> I don't know where you have been because I know for sure I've talked about him on this Oh, no! <laughs> you probably knew that, Rebecca. Maybe there's something about sixes just forgetting information or something like that. Because it is super fascinating. I do not, I do not remember hearing about him, although I probably have, but... The idea that you would take music and combine it with the Enneagram and it kind of is a whole new way to explore your type or your loved one's type and say, oh, I understand you in an even better way now. Even if you've read other Enneagram books or, you know, that sort of thing, you read articles, putting it into music, just it really turns a whole different switch into your brain, right? Totally. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so good. Okay, well, we will for sure have links in the show notes where you can find out more about um, all of the things that Rebecca just mentioned for the Sleeping at Last podcast. Thank you, Rebecca. This is going to be some serious awesome in my life. I am sure of that. All right, Kelly, what do you have? I have a sneaking suspicion that has to do with food. What? It's like (laughs) you know me, Meg Teets. It's like you know me. It does have to do with food. I had to bring my very best awesome of the summer to the awesomes here in August before we get completely out of the kind of fresh veggie farmer's market season. Now, last week's show, Rebecca brought some amazing recipes for zucchini. You know, it is so funny. I have to tell you, I heard this week where somebody said, you know, I grew up in a small town and the only time of year that we actually locked our front doors and cars was zucchini season because otherwise our neighbors would just drop them off in our house. So like we had to protect ourselves. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But true. I thought that it's that true, right? Hysterical. Zucchini is that way. 
But my recipe for you today, if I would even call it a recipe, I'll make big air quotes around it because it really is just a bunch of ingredients that you're going to dump together and call it a salad. But here's the key. You're going to use marinated artichokes. So I don't know. Do you guys like artichokes? I love artichokes. Yeah, people don't okay. like artichokes? Yeah, there are some people who like have never even had one. They're like, they're scared of them. So these are, I get them at Trader Joe's. It's a 12-ounce jar there, but you could get them at any grocery store. You're going to look for about 12 ounces, 10 ounces of marinated artichokes, not the kind in water. And then that marination, is that a word? It is now. That, mar- that marinated that, sauce that seems right. that's in there is going to be like your dressing for all the other vegetables that you're going to put in it. So what I have been doing is I have been getting fresh green beans at the farmer's market and I blanch them, which basically means you're going to, you could steam them too. I throw them into a boiling salted water mix for three or four minutes just to kind of get them crunchy. You're going to take them out, put them in some cold water. You want to stop that cooking process so that they stay you know, a little bit crisp bright green. And then here's the key. If you can do that in the morning, I mean, how much work does that really take? Throwing green beans into a pot and then taking them out. Two or three minutes. Spread them out somewhere so that they can dry, so that they're not wet when you're putting them in a salad. Um, And then just, you know, you can chop them up into bite-sized pieces if you want to. You don't even have to. You're going to put those in with the marinated artichokes. And then I have been adding as well some cut up uh, cherry tomatoes, some red onion, and then here the piece de resistance are those little mozzarella balls. Ah, uh, yes. So Good. throwing in as many as you want of those. And then I throw in some fresh basil, salt and pepper, boom, it's done. That sounds incredible. So it is so good and it's full of all of this fresh goodness that you can get anywhere right now. It seems like lots of times we're almost looking for new ways to use it. Um, and it's just, it's it goes with everything. It can go with fish, it can go with chicken, it could go with steak. I've been eating it a lot for lunch. Um, you know, it's just, it's really, really wonderful. Again, not really a recipe, just a little salad. The secret is to use those marinated artichokes. So hopefully you guys would like it. And awesomes, if you try this and you are a more inventive cook than I, and you start to put some things in the salad that you're like, oh, you should try this do let us know. We'll talk about it in the Hangout because this is one of those super adaptive recipes that you could change to fit yours or your family's or your friend's tastes. So great. That sounds so good. I'm excited to try it myself. And adding a little little cheese on top of some vegetables never hurt anything. So Yes. And I love those little, I think they're called bocchini. I don't know how to say it, but those little mozzarella balls are so yummy. So delicious. Okay. Thank you, Kelly. So great. Okay. My awesome of the week really quickly this week is something that I've had in my house for months and I just discovered it recently and I think it was totally kismet. The name of the book is, okay, it's a book, first of all, and the name of it is Just Open the Door. It's by Jen Schmidt and it came out earlier this year and it is a book all about inspiring us to practice the art of hospitality. So as you all may know on an earlier episode this summer, in fact, just a few weeks ago when my sister was here and we were talking about some of our um, New Year's resolutions for the new school year, I talked about my new resolve to practice hospitality, to have people into our home, whether casually or maybe even a little bit more fancily. (laughs) And after that episode, after we recorded it, I was tidying up a bookshelf. I get sent uh, with, I'm so grateful for this, and and publishers are so generous to do this. I get sent a lot of uh, preview and review copies as um, authors have new books coming out. So this was a book that I got in the mail months ago. I put it on a bookshelf to get to later. And I totally forgot about it, you guys. But the entire book is filled with inspiration to overcome your hangups, overcome your insecurity, and get re-energized and be just excited about practicing the art of hospitality. So you might know Jen Schmidt, um, her blog is Balancing Beauty in Bedlam. It's like a Christian women's lifestyle blog. Um, And the whole book is fantastic. She breaks down all of the different aspects of hospitality, um, everything from like how to practice it if you are a single person to hospitality outside of your home, all of these things. And, And every chapter is so helpful. What I super love about each chapter too is she ends every chapter 
first of all, with a question, like that a blog reader or somebody that she knows has asked her, like a specific question, kind of asking her to troubleshoot a specific situation. Jen's answers are always super helpful. And then at the very end of every chapter, she has a list called Elevate the Ordinary, where she just tells you basically tips, tricks, and hacks for like, here's how you put this into practice. Nice. And she does it all with a mind for, you know, being either frugal or responsible with your money, basically saying you do not have to spend a ton of money and put on a big fancy show to practice hospitality. So it's really fantastic. I'm just so thankful that it was already here in my house. I think it was meant to be for me to pick up this book because I have really been um, opening my heart and mind to practicing hospitality more often. So again, the name of the book is Just Open the Door. It's by Jen Schmidt, and I will put a link into the show notes for you guys. So those are our awesomes of the week. You know, every single Friday, we open the door for your awesomes of the week, (laughs) either in our sort of awesome hangout group or on Instagram. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, this is a new thing that we're doing over on Instagram, asking you all every Friday to share your awesomes of the week with us over there. We're at Sorta Awesome Show. And if you haven't joined us in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group on Facebook, we would love to have you over there. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Hey, awesomes. Well, as we've been talking about on the show recently, summer is winding down and lots of us have our new school year resolutions on our minds. And maybe you're like me, maybe one of your new school year resolutions is to be more devoted to healthy eating and healthy living in the next few months. Thankfully, that's so easy to do with Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest makes healthy eating easy with delicious plant-based foods that are ready in as little as 30 seconds so you can get back on track with your healthy eating. Daily Harvest delivers perfectly portioned cups of frozen organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. It all stays fresh in the freezer until you're ready to eat it, and then it just takes one step to prepare. All you have to do is add water or your favorite milk to the cup, then you blend it, heat it, or soak it. It's that easy. And good news, Daily Harvest has iced lattes. They are the perfect way to cool down when it's still hot outside. And with three separate servings per order, they cost less than coffee shop drinks. Daily Harvest is the perfect option to get you back into your groove. To check out the awesome of Daily Harvest for yourself, go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code awesome to get three free cups in your first box. That's promo code awesome for three free Daily Harvest Cups at daily-harvest.com. That's daily-harvest.com. Awesomes, you know how much we love books around here. And there are a whole bunch of us awesomes who absolutely love audiobooks. Audiobooks are perfect for bringing along with you, whether you're out hiking or maybe sunbathing by the pool, out for a run or on a road trip. Audiobooks are the perfect way to binge what you want to read while you're doing the things that you love. That's why Sorta Awesome also loves Audible. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, which lets you fill your free time with more stories like one that I picked up recently, Parker Posey's You're on an Airplane. I've been a fan of Parker Posey's for years. I think her approach to acting and character acting especially is so interesting. And her memoir, You're on an Airplane, is not a disappointment. And because we want you to get started with all of the awesome that Audible has to offer, you awesomes can get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash sorta awesome and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. You can download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash sorta awesome or text sorta awesome to 500 500 to get started today. So one more time to check out the awesome of Audible, go to audible.com slash sorta awesome or text sorta awesome to 500 500. Thank you, Audible. 
All right, like I said at the top of the show, this is one of my very favorite kinds of episodes to do where we just sit around and go through and talk about our favorites. We do this in various ways, either when we're doing like a seasonal show or maybe even a books and reading show, just whatever is a favorite thing for us. And uh, we've compiled a list that I hope will spark conversation, not only between the three of us, but conversation with you our community as well. So we have some thoughts on some of our favorites. Let's start with a topic that I think is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, and that's books. But let's talk specifically about kids' books. As we think about books, maybe from our own childhood or books that we specifically like to have, maybe for our own children or for the kids in our lives to share with them. Let's talk favorite kids' books. Uh, Kelly, why don't you start us off? Oh, yay. Favorite kids' book. I love kids books. You guys, honestly, if I had a different life, I would work in kids media in some way. I love kids TV. This is a thing that I have now embraced about myself. I would almost rather watch like Odd Squad or Phineas and Ferb or Good Luck Charlie than anything that's popular today. Really? Yes, honestly, that's this is an, besides meteorologists, like another job that I would love to have would be to work on like Sesame Street. I just Oh my gosh. The people so who fun. do it are so clever and so funny for some of these shows. So really, kids' books are in that same genre for me. You can find a good kids' book, and I just, I cannot not buy it. I very rarely buy books for myself. I check out everything from the library. But if there's a good kids' book, my house is stuffed full of good kids' books. So if I was going to say my all-time favorite, and this is from my kids' childhood, I can't really think all the way back to the books from my childhood, partly because I feel like books have gotten better. I feel like there are more of them. They're more accessible. They're more inclusive for sure. My very top favorite are always the Elephant and Piggy books by Mo Willems. Yes, there, he's so totally. good. What he does everything he, that he does. He's a treasure. He is a treasure. Sure. His drawings are so cute and clever. I can stare at one of his pages for a few minutes and just marvel at the simplicity and the genius there. And they're fun. They're fun for kids yeah. to read. They're fun for parents to read. I remember the first Mo Williams book that we read. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember the exact title of which Elephant and Piggy book it was, but literally my, my son was like rolling on the floor snorting with laughter. <laughs> like it was, and it was just when he was probably in first grade and he wasn't sure he wanted to do the work to try to read. And so those books, pulled him in. I love Mo Willems. But can I give an honorable shout out to just a couple of others? Especially if you have kids who you are reading out loud to. I love to read out loud to my kids. And we're starting to get away from that. My youngest two are eight and 10. They still will like read. They will still sit and have me read a book to them. But that's not something they need anymore or even always desire. But these are three of my favorites back from when they were younger. One is called Shopping with Dad. It's a book by a gentleman named Matt Harvey. It was drawn the pictures by Miriam Latimer. Um, it is so funny, you guys. It's one of those lyrical books that's just fun to read. And it's about a little girl going shopping with her dad. And he's trying to make her laugh. And so they've got all these goofy things on the list, you know, um, spider's legs. And so she's just having a great time with her dad. It's a super fun book. Um, Mick Inkpen, this is really going back. Um, he was responsible for Kipper. Oh, yes. I remember the Kipper book. Kipper yeah. is a book and also a TV show from TV probably, show. I don't know, maybe even the 90s. Um, yes. So he wrote a book called Nothing. And it's about a little stuffed animal that has been lost and he can't remember his name. And he thinks he's nothing. And so it's his adventures to try to find his family again. Super heartwarming. Oh. And the, again, the pictures are Mick Inkpen. He draws beautiful, heartwarming, like you want to jump in and just snuggle everything in the picture. And the last mm-hmm. one is a super fun uh, book called The Best Pet of All by David La Rochelle. And all the pictures in this book are super vintagey. It's that 1950s, almost Mad Men style of drawing. And again, I think it's the pictures that draw me in. And it's about a little boy who his he really wants a pet. And apparently he lives with a single mom and she keeps saying, I can't do it. And he says, well, if I find a dragon... Or maybe it's a crocodile, but like, could I get one of those? And she's like, sure. And of course, he finds one. <laughs> right. Um, so it's just a super cute, clever book. Again, the drawings are things that I I literally could put on my wall. Like I would frame these. They're just so, so well done. I love kids' books. Mo Willems, though. I'm so glad that you guys like him, too. 
Oh, my gosh. He's the best. He is the best for sure. Okay, that's a great list. Um, Thank you, Kelly. Rebecca, how about you? Favorites in the kids book category? Well, I'm taking this back to my childhood. And my favorite book when I was a little girl was Tiggy Goes to the Hospital by Jane Carruth. I don't know how popular this book was, but it was part of this series called A Happy Endings Book. And it's about Tiggy, who's a little hedgehog, and she runs after her doll carriage as it rolls into the street. She's hit by a delivery truck and needs to go to the hospital. (laughs) Okay, now saying that out loud sounds really... It's a little... It's a little It takes a dark turn. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Okay, okay. No, it's okay. She's scared, but in the end, everything turns out fine. And she goes home, and the (laughs) delivery truck driver brings her a brand new baby carriage. So overall, it really is a sweet story about a little girl overcoming a fear and, of course, learning not to run into the street. (laughs) Yes. I I. (laughs) loved that book so much when I was little. I remember my mom reading it to me over and over again. And then, of course, my mom kept the book. And then as I have gone back to my mom's house with my own children, my own little Grace fell in love with this book several years ago. And we read it every night at my mom's house and we ended up bringing the book home and it just i don't know it just warms my heart so much to see something so powerful for me as a child than being loved by my children now Mm -hmm. years later reading it (laughs) there are a few things that i find a little odd in the book tiggy ends up spending the night alone in the hospital (laughs) Okay. I like, think I that's don't know. how it used to be. You weren't say, allowed to stay like... as a parent. They were like, go home. Like, we don't want yeah. you here. Okay. Well, that happened. But you guys, it turned out just to be like a bad bump or like a sprained ankle. <laughs> okay. So she got the x-ray. She didn't get the results until the next day. She had to stay there alone without her parents. So she had an overnight stay, an x-ray, all for just like a bad bump. Like as a mom, I think today I would be furious if that happened to my child. So you're saying then, the follow-up book is Tiggy Goes to the Psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then she goes home without any crutches at all. She's just told like not to run. I mean, come on. She had an ambulance ride for Pete's sakes. Like why did she need to get in the ambulance for this? Right. Right, right. Uh, my medical bills would have been like skyrocket high if this had been like <laughs> one of my kids. And did her parents have insurance? Did exactly. they address this in the book? What no. kind of painkillers did she take home? Oh this my is... word! Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's, it's a cute book. It has sentimental value. Tiggy goes yes. to the hospital. It's it's sweet, kind of. Definitely, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's sweet, kind of ish. Sweet ish. <laughs> okay well what about you meg okay well i didn't have this on my list but when kelly mentioned loving sesame street i remembered that one of my from my own childhood one of my very favorite books was the monster at the end of this book yes which was a sesame street book starring grover and how he's so terrified throughout the whole book and then the monster spoiler at the end of the book is him (laughs) I remember that my parents read that to me probably a hundred times. We had it at my grandparents' house. And I remember it being such a treat that it lived in the library at my grandparents' house and that they, we got to read that a lot. That was such a sweet book and and so fun to talk about with kids and what they're afraid of and those types of things. So, um, okay. But my favorite book to read to children is not in print anymore. I love it so much though. We have one very, very well-worn tattered copy. It is called Carry Me. And it is written by Rosemary Wells, who parents of a certain age will remember Rosemary Wells wrote all of the Max and Ruby books. Yes. I was like, wait, I know that name. I loved Max and Ruby as a TV show and a book. Yes, me too. Me too. I super loved the show. Kyle and I have some pretty intense discussions about who's the bad, who's the bad sibling. Is it Max or Ruby? And as the oldest in my family and the youngest in his, we have very divided opinions on Max and Ruby. But uh, so this is Rosemary Wells. This is her aesthetic. It is not part of the Max and Ruby series, but it is about a little family of bunnies. Rosemary Wells is a huge advocate for literacy and building literacy early with our children. 
one of her best pieces of advice for parents is to read to your little bunny. So she created this book, Carry Me, about a little baby bunny who wants to be carried everywhere. I bought this when Daisy was little because, first of all, she loved the Max and Ruby series, but that child wanted to be carried everywhere all the time. She rode in, um, you know, like ergo carriers and all of the things for well past when she should have been. Because she just wanted to be carried so much. So it talks about carry me. There's also a section in that book called talk to me really encouraging. Um, again, that building of those early literacy skills between parents and kids, the words, the sentences, the, the structure of the book is all very sing songy and very poetic. And of course, res- there's the Rosemary Wells classic, um, you know, illustration style. So it's just really a fantastic book. I love it so much. You can still find it on Amazon. But um, it's, uh, again, it's not in print anymore. So you have to kind of go through um, like used bookstores and whatever to find it. So anyway, my favorite kids book. I got so sentimental going back and looking back through the pages to talk about it today. Yeah, I feel like kids books are going to be very sentimental for me. As my kids get older, that's going to be one of those things I'm just going to have a hard time getting rid of many. You know, there's a few that you just go, oh, well, whatever. They, They bought that at a book fair and they never really read it or, you know, at a garage sale, whatever. But for the most part, these feel like friends who I have, who can stay with me when my children leave. Oh my gosh. Okay. Kelly, (laughs) what in the world are you doing to us? Sorry. Hey, let's talk about other favorite things. (laughs) My word, I'm going to start sobbing. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. And none of us even talked about I'll Love You Forever, which is the, you know, ultimate book about your children leaving home. So Yeah, we can't talk about that because I have big feelings. Okay. That book is weird. It's weird. It's the weirdest, most damaging book. Okay. But again, maybe we'll send that to the superstars. Yeah. Okay. Good idea. Good idea. Okay. Well, let's continue on our voyage back into childhood and talk about our own selves when it comes to school. When you all were in elementary school, your early grade school years, what was your favorite subject in school? I am so curious because I have no idea what either of you are going to say about this. Okay, so I have to say this because no one would guess this. Most of my friends, when I show them, it actually is written in a scrapbook. When I was in second grade, it said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, a math teacher, because math is my favorite subject. (laughs) That is very surprising to me. Yeah. Math. And to me, too, Um, because I did not do well in math in high school. And now I can look back and see things. So here's the fun thing about that is that in college, I was a writer, right? So we would look at that. My friends would come over and meet my parents, and I would get out this little scrapbooky thing from my early elementary years, and we would all get a big giggle out of it. But now I look back, and I think, you know what? Early elementary math is very predictable, right? It's this order sort of thing. And so I think that's what I liked about it. And now I look back and say, you know what? That was the part of my brain that likes these sciencey sort of things, that likes to find patterns and order. Um, and I did, even in high school, I had subscribed to a magazine called Games, and it was all logic puzzles and that sort of thing. I've always liked oh, that yeah. sort of stuff. But I didn't do well in math in school, um, partly because of teachers, but partly just because, you know, there are different types of math. So I think Mm -hmm. back then I liked kind of that basic math, what we now call in my house, Kelly math. Kelly math (laughs) is the kind of math that you need to figure out what time zone you're in. Um, Kelly math is the kind of math that you need to figure out, you know, if you're going to double a recipe or to balance a checkbook, but it is not stuff that my daughter can figure out in trigonometry, you know, like that's, (laughs) that's, that's beyond me. But Kelly math, I can handle. And that was the kind of math I was learning in second grade. That is fantastic. I love it. And I am deeply surprised. Although, again, knowing your um, love for weather and science and order right. and the way things work, it actually really does make sense. It does sense. make sense when you like look it. back. Okay, so Rebecca, what do you, what was yours? I'm super curious. Well, I don't think mine's super surprising. It was art. I've oh. always loved oh. creating things. At home, I used to work on art projects for hours and hours and hours and then set up my own galleries inside closets. <laughs> wow. And then, like, force my family to come and look and gaze and compliment oh me gosh. and tell me how amazing I am. 
Oh, my dream job was to create something beautiful and inspirational that people would want to buy. Surely people would want to buy my magical art. But now here, look at me. I'm creating in a different medium. But mm -hmm. hey, I'm creating. So that it's not you know, super surprising. As our resident ESFP performer type, <laughs> it's genuinely actually not that surprising, especially the gallery part. Yes. <laughs> we had this small closet in our bathroom upstairs and it had like these really steep walls that kind of ceiling that kind of went up and I plastered things like all over in there and like made my family like crawl into the closet and gaze at everything. <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> Did anyone ever buy anything? Because my kids will do that now and then they're like, and it's only five cents. What are you going to buy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think the entrepreneur spirit had hit me yet at that okay. point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. I can just see little Rebecca doing that. It's so sweet. Um, okay, well, this will surprise probably nobody that my favorite subject, even as early as elementary school, was reading and also language arts. So basically just English study. So talking. I was going <laughs> to talking and writing, but you guys, I especially loved and still do present tense verb love grammar. Uh, the other night, Daisy was asking Kyle and I a bunch of questions about college and college courses. You know, she's in eighth grade now and she's really thinking a lot about like what where am I going to go to college? What am I going to do with my life? What's college? Like she went to a camp at Oklahoma City University over the summer and stayed in the dorms. And I think it got her really thinking about like, what's college like? So we were talking about all of our college courses. And I was telling her that, you know, as an English major, of course, I took things like Greek mythology and Shakespeare and American novel. But my very, one of my very favorite classes in college was a class called Approaches to Grammar, where we spent a lot of time diagramming sentences. <gasps> oh, yes. Oh. Wait, you like <laughs> this? You're saying this was your fun? Uh-huh. I think that diagramming oh, sentences Meg. is like one of the most relaxing, satisfying things that a human can do. No, no. <laughs> Hard <Whoa>. pass. Hard <laughs> pass. Uh, you need better hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the most relaxing and satisfying thing no, a human can it's do. It's so satisfying. And Kelly, I do think if this circles back, I think it, it has to do with that idea of like sort of like um, what's the big picture and how do we break this down right. and, and like categorize all of the different parts. Um, I loved it in college and I super loved it when I was a kid. We would do, you know, like uh, in math class, you might do um, like math drills at the board, you know, like at the chalkboard, mm -hmm. it's dry erase board and do your math facts or whatever. We would do the same thing with diagramming sentences. And I can just remember that charge I would get of just like, I'm so nervous. What's the sentence going to be? Am I going to get them all in place? <laughs> What's the sentence going to be? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yep. That was my favorite subject. Oh, Anything how delightfully to do with nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> Ravenclaw forever. I was going to say, now sure. I know if my kids bring home some diagrammed <laughs> sentences or some sentences that need to be diagrammed and they say, mom, I don't understand. I'm going to go, hang on. I'm going to text my friend. <laughs> this is totally fine for you. No one has ever in my adult life asked me to diagram a sentence. So that's when my kids do that whole, which is I a need shame. to know this. I'm going to say, well, you've obviously never met Meg Teets. You're just going to have to be careful if you ever meet her. She might just whip one out of her pocket. I mean, I would probably just do it for them and they wouldn't learn anything because it would be so fun. Okay. All right. Um, actually, Rebecca, that was such a compliment for you to call me <laughs> a language nerd. I loved it. But let's talk about some of our favorite recent compliments that people have given us, maybe even something better than being called a nerd, if such a thing exists. <laughs> I know, Ravenclaw, we're all like, yeah, baby, that's me. Yes. Okay, Kelly, a recent compliment, one of your favorites, that some, something that somebody said to you that's been really just kind of like major day. Okay, so I had to think about this. Um, I'm going to say that one of the things that has happened this spring, it wasn't a compliment that was said, but Several of my students from the college class that I taught as an adjunct sent me emails right after class was done and finals were over and said, I just want you to know that I learned a ton in your class. It was one of the best classes I've taken in my major. But even more than that, they all said something to the effect of them appreciating me as a person. 
that they mm. just liked whatever, you know, they could go maybe to specifics or just saying that it, it meant a lot for them to have me as a professor. And I remember thinking there's few things you could say to me that would mean more. Now, they also said the class was fun as an mm-hmm. ENFP seven. I'm like, yes, yes, if it's not fun, I have failed. Um, yeah. But for them to say that not only did I learn, but I liked you um, made me feel like then I'm I'm growing up. Right. Yeah. That I I want to be that kind of an influence. And I'm just going to throw this out there because we always talk about teacher gifts. If you're a mom, you know, you're thinking, okay, so what do I get? Something like this, this kind of a compliment, a little written note um, from the student. This is what I have always treasured. Like when I walk away, that's why I think this stuck with me was because this is a compliment that really sunk in deep and it was tangible and I knew they meant it. So it's the best gift I could have gotten. Great compliment. So great. When somebody like really sees you. Right. And then compliments that. So great. Oh, that's good. Okay, Rebecca, how about you? Recent compliment that's been a favorite you've heard. Well, as I was thinking about this, something came to mind that one of my girlfriends had shared with me. And she was relaying a conversation that she had about me to someone else. And it just kind of got me thinking that, you know, sometimes... I think some of the most meaningful things that we can hear people say about us are things that we weren't actually intended to hear, but compliments that we overhear, you Mm. know, I just think that they hold like some extra magic to them, some extra weight and power. So this girlfriend of mine was talking to an uh, acquaintance, a shared acquaintance of ours, and she was talking about social media and stuff. And she said to this acquaintance of ours that you know rebecca like knows what she's doing like she Mm, (laughs) like you know she's you too well thank you yeah (laughs) so she she really does know what she's doing she's got like this whole like online thing that she does and the acquaintance mentioned well i know she has this podcast thing that she does and the girlfriend was like oh yeah like that's that's like a big deal and i just thought that was so sweet of her to say And then even more sweet for her to take the time to relay the conversation and to go into even more depth and detail with me about it. And it just was so honoring to me because not only was it like just a great compliment, but I feel like it also validated like how I spend my time and my job and like what I'm putting out there. And it was just sweet. Yeah. So it meant a lot to me. Well, I'm over here nodding like vigorously because my favorite recent compliments are along the same lines. And this this is a really vulnerable thing to talk about, you guys. <laughs> Do you guys feel like it is? Yeah. I actually yeah. was talking to my mom before we recorded. I'm like, I don't know how to say this. How is this sounding weird? I know. Like, I don't want to sound braggy. How do I it word does... this? Right. But no, no, no. It's not braggy. You are saying this is something that I felt good about, right? That somebody else noticed. So I don't want to do too much of that. Like I, I understand the squirminess, but let's own it. Okay. Well, I'm owning it. And and like Rebecca, mine is um, related to the work we do on Sorta Awesome. So two things happened within like a week of each other recently that just filled my heart up so much. The first one was earlier this summer, I was at an indoor playground with the twins who were playing. We were, you know, getting out of the heat and getting some energies out. And a very kind woman came up to me and said, I don't want to interrupt you when you're with your kids. I just want you to know I love Sorta Awesome. I love the work you guys are doing there. Oh. And I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you. <laughs> Nobody was this ever. The fir- yeah, was this the first time you were Nobody. recognized in public? <laughs> Maybe like the second time. It's happened one other time. Uh, but she just knew who I was and knew what Sorta Awesome was. And I just had a little moment there. So Laura from Okie Kids Playground, hello. And thank you for that. And I told Laura at the time, it really made my day that she took the time to say that. And it really did. Um, another one that I thought was so cute that's also related to Sorta Awesome is um, somebody sent me a message on Instagram. And I'm so sorry to say, I went back, I was trying to scroll back through and Instagram would let, let me go back far enough to find the um, user, the handle, the Instagram handle for the 
the woman who said this, but I thought it was so cute. She messaged me to say that she usually turns on sort of awesome when she's getting her two-year-old daughter into the bathtub for bath time, and that she had just recently gotten her daughter in the tub and it started to get the bath going, and that her daughter said, I'm Meg Teets, and this is sort of awesome. Oh, my <laughs> I love <word>. that. <laughs> That's the cutest. Which, I know. I just love it so much. It just totally just, like I said, filled my heart up. There's so. something about little kids when they say something that makes it even yes. better. It's like, I don't know. I'll have sometimes little girls will see the pink in my hair. And so it's so cute to watch a three-year-old try to get the attention of another three-year-old. And they're like, look, look, she has pink. <laughs> she, her hair is pink. Her, it's beautiful. You know, oh, like, yes. Her hair is pink. So I try not, I like sometimes I'll kind of wave at it, but you can tell they're trying to like not draw attention. It's so cute. I love little kids when they say stuff like that or anything because they're just speaking themselves, you know, it's right out there. Oh, I know. There's no holding back, which actually it's funny when I talked to my husband about this list, I said favorite compliment. He said that you've given or that you've received. And I thought, oh, interesting, because really what little kids are doing there and what I am actually trying to do more in my daily life as well is to give compliments, to not just think, oh, I love those pants or wow, you have a great smile or you're so friendly, but to say it. So I task mm-hmm. myself all day long to try to see if I can find like five complimenty sort of things I can say to people because we we often think things and don't say them out loud. And just like we've all just shown, those things stick and they can completely yes. reverse our day. Totally. I agree with that a thousand percent. So great. I cannot wait in the in our sort of awesome communities. So we can talk to you all about some of your favorite compliments that you've either received or maybe those compliments that you have given. All right, moving on. Let's talk really quickly about some of our favorite indulgences. I think sometimes this is a hard one to talk about, too, because we feel like we have to apologize for them or, you know, sort of justify them. But that's the beauty of an indulgence. It's an indulgence. So, Kelly, tell us about one of your favorite indulgences. Well, I'm not apologizing for this because it is a kind of healthy indulgence. My favorite indulgence is to nap. Yes, you're a good napper. I'm a good napper. I love to nap. And there are many days that I think I probably shouldn't lay down. But I'm like, no, I'm going to lay down. Because it's just to, it's something about the quiet. Even if I'm not always super, super sleepy, it is giving myself that permission to rest um, and just to be instead of to be producing. Because it's that time of day. Lots of times you're thinking, well, I should probably, I should be X, Y, Z, right? So I always feel like a nap is one of those indulgences that, I mean, like I said, there, there are worse things for you. Obviously, this is kind of a healthy indulgent, but it is one of those things that we have to fight back the guilt on. Yes. And I'm, I'm done with that. And so I'm just saying my favorite thing to do to treat myself is a nap. Good. How long do you nap when you nap? Oh, it depends. It depends on the day. I would say the best days I would nap 40 minutes, if that. Um, because it's not always about the sleep. Now, there are some days that for whatever, you know, kids got up in the middle of the night. And so I'm actually very tired. So then I might nap for an hour and a half or two hours. But most of the time, it's it's not that long. It's it's really more about taking the time for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I get that. That's yep. a great indulgence and healthy. I like that. Yeah. All right, Rebecca, how about you? Well, my favorite indulgence is also about taking the time for me, and it is my favorite way to reward myself after a stressful day or if I've been super productive. I love, at the end of the day, to lay in bed with maybe like some Ben & Jerry's ice cream or popcorn and then just watch a silly romantic movie on Netflix. I just love (laughs) watching like stupid, trashy movies, not necessarily racy movies, but like just stupid romantic movies and eating something that's not so good for me in bed and maybe if and maybe if you're lucky you'll start crying <laughs> yes <laughs> and that wouldn't be uncommon <laughs> then it's the trifecta you've got crying yeah. you've got a cheesy movie and you've got ben and jerry's what kind of flavor yeah, yeah. what's your favorite flavor oh. rebecca like well they're all good but i yeah. still stand by the tonight dough it is mm. phenomenal previous awesome of the week it's so good the tonight dough it is i've tried it it's very good (laughs) all right for my indulgences i'm kind of cheating because i have two one's very low budget and one is a little bit higher end but my favorite low budget indulgence is 
um, a Fountain Diet Coke from McDonald's. From McDonald's specifically. I was going to say, that's very specific. (laughs) Yeah. Very specifically. I have a complicated, stormy, on-again, off-again relationship with Diet Coke, as is well-documented on this show. But truly, it is the nicest treat to just go through the drive-thru. It's a dollar eight with tax. I will literally get out eight pennies to go with my dollar. And I recently found out, I can't believe I've been drinking Diet Coke from McDonald's all these years. I didn't know this. But the reason that McDonald's fountain drinks are so different from anywhere else is that they have this um, very high-tech system where they keep the soda water for all of their sodas in this um, frigid tubing system that it keeps the soda water at like 33 to 38 degrees at all times. So when you actually get your soda drink from the fountain at McDonald's. When it comes out, it's like 36 degrees. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like this? <laughs> because when you started, we were like, wow, this is really specific. And then it got like so much more specific. <laughs> so much more we had no idea the research that had gone into this. But it does explain a lot of things, actually. So that's interesting. 36 okay, degrees, you guys. I would never that's have known there was miracle. a difference. Yeah, that's cold. And and what about their ice? Because I know people have big feelings about ice. So it's okay that their ice yeah. is not sonic ice or whatever. I mean, it, it, the ideal would be sonic ice for sure, but the the just superior coldness. And I also found out that cold water can hold more um of the carbonation, so the colder it is, it's literally a more carbonated soda. I don't know, it's so good. It's my favorite indulgence and now there's a and I have science to back me up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my other indulgence is just like, it's a little bit higher end and it's just, it's nice makeup. It's good quality, like Ulta or Sephora level makeup. I, for many, many, many years just felt like, no, I just cannot splurge on this. I can't make room in our budget for this. And I finally have started doing that. And every time I use a product that I super, super love and lasts for a long time and is good to my skin, I'm just like, thank you self for doing this. So that's one of my favorite indulgences for sure. Okay, moving right along on our list of favorites that we have been loving. Let's talk about some recent discoveries. Of course, I mean, technically, this is like our Awesome of the Week segment every week, (laughs) something we've discovered that is our favorite. But truly, just something that's come across your radar recently that you discovered, and it's a favorite. Kelly, what do you have? Okay, mine's a little weird. I don't even know if I would have thought about it as an Awesome of the Week, but it is a recent discovery. It is kind of an Awesome of the Summer for me. I recently discovered a labyrinth kind of here in my suburban small town. Um, It's in an art center. And I have been walking my labyrinth this summer as many times as I can get over there as kind of a spiritual practice. And it has rocked my world, quite honestly. Um, It has been so, so meaningful to me to do this as a practice and to whatever, sit in silence. I have learned so much from walking this labyrinth. And again, this is actually... A new discovery to me that is thousands of years old. So <laughs> it's a little ancient. <laughs> it's just a little ancient. So kind of new, kind of not. Um, but you know, it's one of those things you stumble upon, and I think you go, "Oh, oh, that's why this has been around for thousands of years." Is because there is a lot of meaning here, um, and there's a lot for me to learn. So this has been the summer of the labyrinth. I've actually put some of it on Instagram for people who followed me there. They've probably seen it or they've seen me saying, hey, here's something that I've learned. But really, it's also encouraged me to say what other new things are out there that maybe are new to me, not actually that new to the world, but that I could discover and they really bring meaning to my life. That is fantastic. So important and such a great discovery. Uh, Rebecca, how about you? Well, my favorite recent discovery is exactly that. It's not necessarily new to the world, but it is new now to my area. And that is Walmart grocery store pickup. Oh, can you hear the angels singing? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You finally got it. Yes, we finally got it. And I got to tell you, never again do I want to gather my own groceries like a cavewoman. I mean, it is just (laughs) magical. Like a cavewoman, like the hunters and gatherers. (laughs) Rebecca has evolved beyond that. Yes. For sure. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. My life has changed. (laughs) 
Okay, it Megan? is a life changer. What about for you? Sure, for sure. Okay, mine is also something that's been around for a very long time, but I recently discovered it, and that is the awesomeness of Reddit. You guys, Reddit's mm. been around for years, but I just recently, in the past couple of months, have discovered how amazing it is, Reddit, the website, which gives you, it delivers all kinds of things to you, news, memes, conversations, all broken down into subreddits based on topic. And you guys, it's like this old fashioned internet experience where yeah. people still use usernames. You don't have to have your public information all out there. Um People can be super helpful. I was so scared of Reddit for so long because I thought it was just angry and snarky and mean. And I'm sure there are, I'm confident there are parts of Reddit that are like that. But the subreddits that I have found, people are so helpful. Uh, and there's just so much to learn. I have found, I found one that's fantastic on Catholicism. I found one um, from makeup artists that are talking about their favorite products. Um, I was shared one with Rebecca recently that's all about Bachelor Nation. Um, there's just like, you know, in podcasting or YouTube channels, there's there's genuinely something for everybody on the internet. Reddit is a shining example of that. And the whole community, the whole setup, the whole way it works, it is a whole thing. And I am so happy to have discovered it. So if there's other Redditors out there that want to talk about Reddit love later in our community, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. So, okay, we have just a few left. Let's talk about, let's move over to the entertainment category a little bit. Let's talk about commercials. Commercials are not as much a part of our lives as they used to be because we can skip them. But I'm so curious about favorite commercials that we have. I have to go first because I love commercials. I am so excited for the Hangout thread that is going to be show us your favorite commercials, right? So I yes. went back and I'm like, how do I choose one? But there was a clear winner. I don't know if you guys have seen this. This was actually, I don't know that it was on TV or if it was just on YouTube, this version of it. It was called The Motherhood. It was actually made by Similac. And what it is, is these moms meeting at a playground, different groups of moms, um, different genres of moms. And they're coming in and they're judging each other, right? So there's the breastfeeding moms. They're all wearing like a cape and they're like, oh, I guess somebody wanted to feed their children from plastic bottles. And then, you know, the, the, the other moms and there's the working moms and then they look at, they go, stay at home moms. What do you do all day? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Must be nice to be a part-time mom. And then there's, there's even a group of dads at the park who are like at first they're like whoa we're not getting involved in this and then they get called out um so it is so funny and it is so relatable because right if you have been a mom you yes. have heard this even if you've never thought it about another mom you know that these wars exist out there and then at the very end of the commercial right when all of the gangs of moms are coming to like they're they're throwing their bottles down they're like let's do this we're like <laughs> brawl it out here on the playground a little baby stroller goes like off in the distance, it starts to go down a hill with nobody seeing it. And you guys, I can't talk about it without crying. Every I'm going to start time. crying because I know what you're going to say. The, the little carriage starts to go and all of the moms and the dads, like the music changes and they all run after this stroller trying to catch it before it crashes. And they do, of course. And there's a sweet little baby in it. And then they all start talking and like, what are we thinking, right? What matters is we want our children to be happy and healthy and we want to support each other in that. It is a goofy, so sweet commercial. I was trying to tell my husband that this is the commercial I was choosing and in the car, I couldn't even talk. I was so choked up. And he's like, that's ridiculous. So I had to pull, of course, pull the commercial up on YouTube on my phone and be like, watch it. And he's like, yeah, still ridiculous. <laughs> Although he's like, I do like it when the dads are like, hey, man, breasts aren't everything. And then one dad's like, yeah, yeah, they, they kind of are. They're awesome. <laughs> and I was like, that's what you're pulling away from this commercial. <laughs> of course. Of course. That's okay. right. That's All right. right. Uh, but it is I a do good remember one. that one. That was, a, that was a very, very well done one. I like that. Okay, Rebecca, how about you? Well, I had such an impossible time choosing. So I can't say that this is like my all-time favorite of all favorites, but one that stuck out to me that I have always just really liked is Peter Comes Home for Christmas by Folgers. <gasps> no, that's mine. Wait, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what we'll is just, it? We'll both, just share together yeah, our both favorite of you told here. Me because I don't. I bet I've seen it, but maybe I haven't. You have seen it. It was originally You've released in 1986, and it ran for 17 years. And then yep. in 2009, they updated the commercial and started running a different version. Is it a Folgers commercial? Yeah, it's Folgers. Oh, Folgers coffee. Okay. So yeah, the boy called... comes home yeah. 
for Christmas. He's not a boy. He's like a, he's like a, what, college age or young adult. Yeah. Comes home from college and everybody's asleep. And then like the little sibling in the original one, it's like a really little sibling. And then the older one, she's like a teenager. And they like greet and they're like so happy to see each other. And then he brews a cup of coffee, a pot of coffee and the parents wake up and they're like, Peter's home. Yes. Oh, what do you love about it, goosebumps. It's so good. I love that it's a Christmas commercial. I don't like commercials in general, but I love Christmas commercials. What's wrong with me? I don't even like the commercialization of Christmas, but I do love the commercials. So I love that. But I remember even as a child watching that and just getting all of the feelings of family togetherness. And I mean, like the mom comes into the kitchen after the, the, you know, the guy, Peter, has brewed the coffee and she's like, Peter, you're home. And I can remember as a kid (laughs) tearing up at that. And also, you know, we used to have to, back in the medieval times, we used to have to tape movies and TV shows off of VHS and just be on network TV. And we had taped something, which I cannot remember now, but it had this commercial on it. And I can remember, I just like watch it over and over. (laughs) It's kind of sad, but understandable. Well, my sister is 12 years older than I am, so I was really young when she went away to college, and I remember crying myself to sleep for, like, a week when she went away to school. And so, for me, this is a very relatable commercial, plus coming home has always felt like a very sacred experience for me, so there's just just a lot of feelings all wrapped up in this commercial, and I'm here for it. A lot of feelings. It's true. It's true. Okay, so you guys, our group shows always go so long. We have so many words for each other. <laughs> okay, number 10, your favorite movie from your own teen years that you would never let your own teen watch now. I can't wait to hear what everyone has picked for this one. So this will probably date all of us too, right? Because yes, we were teens sure. in different decades. So my movie truly the movie I loved the most as a teenager was Girls Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs> it's from the mid-80s. It is one yep. of the most classic of 80s teen movies that exist. It stars mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker, Helen yes. Hunt, um, and That's also Jonathan right. Silverman. He played this dweeb in the movie. And even Shannon Doherty of 90210 fame, she was like a little sister. So there's actually some... like. People who went on to be stars. This is before yeah. all of that. And this is a teen movie about a girl who has a really strict father and she just wants to be on dance TV. So it's like MTV, Solid Gold Dancers, the costumes. It is the cheesiest movie. I loved it so much. And now as an adult, I think about it and I'm like, it is so cheesy. And also there's so much stuff in it that is like that 80s sexualized joke humor you know it's just like everybody's horny all the time and they're talking about (laughs) it all the time and they're like making jokes like here let's do a radar on the girl's chest that'll be funny you know and i'm like ew it's not funny it's yeah it's actually kind of assault you know we're like (laughs) this is what happens you know like post me too i can hardly even there's sometimes i watch friends and i'm like oh 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 you know but yeah anyway If my daughter truly was like, mom, let's watch it. That would be fun to see, you know, your teenage years. Maybe. But really, this is like one of those things that I just keep as a little treasure in my soul. (laughs) And I'm like, this should never get out. Keep it to yourself. It just needs to stay there as a happy little memory. Totally. Totally. Okay. Rebecca, how about you? Well, my all-time favorite movie for years and years and years was the rock <laughs> wait what the rock that they're the real rock the movie with the rock no okay it came I out know. i know you're so confused because this is so off brand i have never said anything <laughs> less rebecca wait, in my life is is this a nicholas cage movie yes oh my god that's okay. what i was thinking of so this movie wait, came what? out rebecca what, who are you I know. I knew you would be confused and shocked and appalled. This movie came out in 1996. I was a freshman in high school. Later on then, I saw a few years later at a lock-in with my church youth group. What? Oh, my. I know. I I have no words for that. I have no idea how this rated R violent movie (laughs) was approved for a church 
lock in. Anyway, so you have Ed Harris who has taken over Alcatraz and is threatening to shoot <laughs> chemical missiles into San Francisco. I mean, this sounds like me, right? And um... then Nicolas Cage, a dorky chemical warfare expert, teams up with Sean Connery, a former spy, to stop the missiles. You guys, okay. I am not kidding. I think I have the VHS tape downstairs in my laundry room. Like, this was my favorite movie for, like, well over a decade. Hmm. What? I just, I'm so stoked I hardly have words. That description <laughs> was so good, though, Rebecca. It that was, was such a good description. It was, I was so like, funny. Hey, just to I think that this is what you were, like, right? watching it and going, yes, this is what I want my life to be about. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know that I really want to be on Alcatraz, but I was really into the movie. It was really good. I wouldn't good. recommend it today. Yeah. But it was, well, actually, I mean, two adults, maybe. Yeah, sure. Give it a spin. It was good. It was a good movie. But I don't want my kids to watch it. Not oh, yet. My. Well, definitely oh, not my. yet. Yeah. Some night she's going to have too many Oreos and Ben and Jerry's and she's going to be like, you guys, <laughs> I have got a blast in the past for you. Well, I kind of maybe do want to watch it again now that I've been thinking about it. <laughs> oh, my god! I know. Okay. You guys are so okay. confused. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> okay. My my pick is a little off-brand for me, too, for my adult self. But when I was a teenager, I loved the movie The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Ew. I know. What? It's very off-brand for me now. I'm too sensitive. I, I mean, I can watch it now because I've watched it dozen, uh, probably a dozen times, I would say. Um, it's for sure very intense. It is, of course, the 1991 classic American thriller with Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. Um, I don't know how or why we... Where was I that I was allowed to watch this so many times? But <laughs> Were you, you at a lock-in like, with your youth group? I was going to say, say church maybe church lock maybe. I don't know. Possibly, probably not. But I just did people's houses at sleepovers and um, probably actually not at lock-ins, but maybe some church youth group kind of like informal, unofficial get-togethers, off-the-books get-togethers. I don't know. I have seen The Silence of the Lambs a lot. And it's actually, I mean, I think I think it holds up. It's a very, very scary movie, very thriller movie. Um, but Obviously, it's about a serial killer. And it also has, I didn't think about this until I watched it later as an adult. It has a lot of very crass, coarse, disturbing, dark things in it. <laughs> you guys are just looking at me like, yes, please do explain the silence of yeah. the content to us. Like you didn't know that? You didn't realize that when you first watched it? That's. I mean, I didn't. There was a lot. There were definitely lines in the movie that I didn't understand okay. for sure. That now that I see it as an adult, I'm like, oh my gosh, I watched this when I was a teenager. Um, it's a very dark, disturbing movie. I've seen it a lot. I would just, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I would just set myself on fire if my kids watched it as teenagers, but I'm sure they will, or worse. So we'll see. <laughs> well, this oh was gosh, a great have... note to end on. <laughs> yeah, ourselves on fire. Oh. And all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bright, uplifting movie. Go and be awesome, listeners. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we have covered so much ground today. I cannot wait for some follow-up discussions with our awesomes. This is going to be so much fun. So let's do remind everybody where they can find us all around the web. Okay, so I'm going to go first because I have a new handle. If you already follow me on social oh. media, you know this. But I am yes. Kelly Gordon MN from Minnesota on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash lovewellblog. Okay, Rebecca. You can find my blog at simplyrebecca.com where I talk about parenting and homemaking and all that fun stuff. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at simplyrebecca. Okay, and you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And don't forget, you can find us any old time of the day or night at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks for hanging in with us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. 
Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.